Welcome to Inner Peace with Dr. Reese, a program that can help you become liberated in the modern world. Now, here's your host, Dr. Kevin W. Reese. Do you have superpowers? Do I have superpowers? Wait. Do all of us have superpowers? Are we really superheroes? Could it be that we do and they're just hidden from us, perhaps from social engineering from the society? Welcome to episode number 44. Today, I'm talking to Atum Ra. And what a story he has. Atum had three near-death experiences. One of which, he was even stabbed by his blood brother and forgave him with no problems. Atum eventually started to have an awakening. He started coming face-to-face with his development, with his inner potential. His transformation started about a year ago with incredible visions and moments of clarity. And through discipline, he began to see his inner potential, to realize what he's capable of. And it's what we're all capable of. Atum's story is riveting. During this conversation, we're going to talk about levitation. We're going to talk about breatharianism. We're going to talk about if our reality is an illusion. We're going to talk about ancient Egypt, the Bible, and the list goes on. So let's jump right into this amazing conversation with Atum Ra. Welcome to the Peace Pod, Atum. Pleasure to be here. You had three near-death experiences, right? Yes, sir. (laughs) Can you share with me, can you go back to the first one and tell me what happened? Okay, well, the first one, when I was was eight, I was 15. Mm. I was working third shift at a factory um, making uh, parts for Navy boots uh, using zinc, liquid zinc, laying aluminum. Um, I just so happened to, it was a Thursday night at 3.30 in the morning and the little spoon ladle that I was using to pour the liquid into the uh, product, the spoon actually broke in midair, causing the liquid zinc to disperse in slow motion. And once it hit me, before it even hit my leg, I instantly caught on fire from the waist down. So you were on fire. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I had three per pants on because this, this work is kind of, uh, you know, crazy. So I instantly caught on fire. I couldn't think. I wasn't trying to think of anything. So I just, you know, got this, this fear of strength and just ripped, ripped all the clothes off. And I'm hearing flames all the way up now. And once I ripped my clothes off, the fire went out. But then the liquid zinc, uh, it was some zinc that was left and it was inside my boot. And it was burning through my ankle mm. and my bone. So um, I just missed, I somehow got out of that situation. I was a, I was a uh, early teen at the time, so I didn't really understand much. So that was the first one. Wow. Um, now, so, after, after that happened, Atum, did, you, did that send you onto the spiritual path, or did that come later? No, this comes, way, this comes years later. Okay, all right. What's the next near death? Uh, the next one, I was stabbed nine times. Oh. By my by my little brother. Oh. Yeah, that was during the, um, a college party I had at my house uh, a couple years ago. And things didn't go the way he wanted them to go. And we had disagreements and it went down like that. Um, just so happened I was intoxicated at the time, which made my blood thinner and mm. moving quicker. So then as that happened, I, I was able to catch, uh, keep some blood inside me uh, to keep everything pumping. 
So I, I flatlined three times out of that in that oh situation. And I woke up in the hospital, uh, basically having to learn how to walk again. Oh my gosh. So, okay. All right. Let's stop there. This is, this is, this is, this is traumatic to him. This is like, you're not being stabbed by a stranger. You're being stabbed by your own blood. Yeah. And from what it sounds like, it's, it's just an argument. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was there, was there resentment building up between you guys or was this just a freak incident of anger? See, it's like, um, the way my brother is when he's, when he, uh, consumes alcohol, he blacks out and become a whole different person. I knew this, but I still chose to be around my brother during that time. Because it's my brother. He's the only one in the family. So didn't realize it was going to flip him out over a girl that was already mine at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, long story short, he just went into that. He wanted to argue and he didn't want to, he wanted to fight. And it went down that way. So we both were in the hospital. I didn't press for this. I didn't press charges, but regardless of what happened, it's still my brother. Um, and they brought me back three times in that. Um, it, that that right there was a that was the the near death experience that I did not understand because I actually seen and experienced things during that situation. So, um, but at the at the at a young age, still I was ignorant, and normally you know how it goes and go through a traumatic incident. Normally, that is that'd be the cause of your awakening. But not in my case; it didn't go that way. It's like I still had to experience and, and learn more things before I can elevate to a higher consciousness. It reminds me of the Jay Z story. Jay Z shot his brother in the in the shoulder. <laughs> I, I didn't even pay attention to that. Yeah, yeah. When he was, you know, a teenager. Mm-hmm. But are you and your brother cool now? We were good the very next day. Well, he must have been very remorseful, right? I mean, he didn't remember anything. Oh man! And and, and now that I'm 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 conscious and aware now, I actually I actually look back and revisit the past. You know, during every situation that happened, and I have clarity on why these things happened and how it happened now. Right. So I now know that that wasn't him during that time and he was he was only uh sparing his avatar for a, another entity to right. enter. if only everyone could have this perspective wouldn't the world be a different place man it's going to, it's going to be a better place i'm, I'm gonna say that let, let me let me say too like i remember and we'll come back to you in a quick second but i remember i, I went through a situation where somebody did me wrong and I went to my mentor. I, have, I had a mentor who was a mystic. And I came to him and he said, listen here. He said, you're supposed to be done wrong. <laughs> I was like, what? What are you talking about? He's like, you're supposed to be done wrong. It's like, it's part of life. Like somebody's going to do you wrong. Multiple people might do you wrong. It's, it's, it's part of the, you know, the school, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yep, it is. I mean, nothing is an accident. Nothing is a coincidence. It's everything is everything is already going to divine order with everybody's existence. Yeah. Some people don't realize it, and they'll call it, "Oh, why is this always happening to me?" All of this and that. They'll blame it on karma, but they don't. They're ignorant of the definition of karma, yeah. and they don't realize that karma is only action. So, regardless of what you do, after whatever choice you make, is your karma. It's either going to come the way you put it out, which is good or bad. Either way of either way you look at it, it's still karma. It's just either is it going to be good karma or is it going to be the karma that you create for your own hell? Right. That's all we're living in. We're living in hell. This is hell on earth because you can only have a physical experience in hell physically. How like um how how would it be possible? Being as though we're spiritual beings having a temporary human experience, you know, we are, how could you die and you're being as though your ka is a transparent energy force? What what good would it be if you go to hell and burn in flames and you can't feel it because you no longer have a physical avatar where you can feel these, these feelings and emotions now? So mm-hmm. the only way you can experience hell is here on earth. 
Yeah. So where you can physically feel the hurt and pain and everything that you experience internally before you can externally feel it. And people just believe, oh, we have to die to go. In that case, if you believe when you die and go to heaven, it's going to be full of gold, everybody you once knew, this and that. Why mm -hmm. wouldn't you go now? Right? Why would you wait? Right. So just go ahead and go. But the, the, what, what catches people at the last minute is when they're in, at that stage of, um, of dying, they will start to question, oh, I don't want to die. Why am I going to die? That's because their the spirit, their entity knows that. Let me just say it this way. The ego knows that its time is limited. That's right. And it's about to die. When the ego dies, you know, people, they, they fear death, but they don't welcome death. Well, death is going to happen naturally to mm -hmm. everyone. Everyone. So it's like, okay, well, am I going to accept it the way it is and look at it as it is? Or am I going to fear death because I don't know how it's going to happen or when it's going to happen? Or I just don't want to have to experience it right now because I'm going to miss out on these physical things that I can, I can deal with here on earth. You know, but I don't want to die because if I die, I know that I'm not going to have this physical experience anymore. Mm -hmm. And this is people lack the knowledge of realizing that this is why you have to live freely, not compelled or bounded to anything in the 3D dimension. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. We got to let go and unattach. Do you remember flatlining? Do you remember anything from yes, you do? What, what do you got? What happened? Um, well, the first time, well, the first time I never fainted before, so I didn't know what it felt like to faint. So I didn't know if I was about to faint or not while being um, injured like that. So once that happened, I went to the third floor. I don't know why, but I went to the third floor. Everybody in the house thought it was somebody downstairs killing everybody because I was drenched in blood. Um, so when I came back downstairs, it was a house full of ambulance and cops. I remember uh, flat, a flat line first in the ambulance truck, and they they kept defibrillating. I remember all of this as if I can feel it. Well, I did feel it, but as if it, um, I was conscious when it happened, but I wasn't. But um, they defibrillated me uh, like two times. They had that little uh, oxygen squeezer thing. To, I asked them, why did they do that? They said, well, in order to save a life, we have to force oxygen into the lungs. So it would make them they believe that they're dying and they'll jump back. They'll jump back to their reality or something, however the doctor said it. But um, after that time, I woke up in the on the bed of the, uh, some table. I woke up on a table and they were trying to cut me. But I guess I was flatlined. Mm. So during the third time, I just, I seen, I woke up and I seen, well, I thought I woke up. But when I, when I woke up, I seen, of um, somebody on the table covered in a blue in a blue uh, sheet. So as I've, I, I'm, I'm like drifting away, but I don't know if it's me drifting away. You know how you have a dream, you just fly, but you can't see yourself in the dream. Yeah. So I, I see myself fading away, or whatnot. So I'm trying to see who's on this under this sheet on the table. So I, I'm, I, I guess I touched my finger or something that was on, under the sheet, but I wasn't able to un, unfold the sheet. And once that had, I actually seen the doctors uh, doing paperwork on the table. I seen all of this and I seen a body that was just dead there. So I didn't know what was really going on until I touched that body. And once I touched the body, it's like I woke up and I took a big uh, gas of, uh, of breath and all the doctors came running over to me. And I'm like, what's going on? What y'all doing? And they started cutting my clothes off. I said, I didn't get stabbed down there. What was going on? They said, we see you. We have to do all of this. And after that, that's when I, uh, I had just fell unconscious. And then I woke up in the hospital like a couple of days later. Mm. So they thought I was dead. They were doing paperwork and everything. Like, wow. and I, I'm actually, I actually had the time to see this. I seen this happening, uh, having an outer body experience. Mm. And I didn't. I didn't know anything about the astral time world at the time. So this is how I knew that this was the astral world. And I was actually having an out of body experience and being able to see all of this happen. Eventually you went home to heal up. Mm -hmm. Where were you at spiritually at that point? I was still back into the world. I was ignorant. I didn't know anything. I, I just thought I, I was, I was raised a Christian. I was raised into the church and all of that. Yeah. So 
Uh, we had to pray to Jesus. Um, when I, I always say when I die, I only have one question for God. And that question was, who are you? Mm. Where did you come from? Mm-hmm. That's all I wanted to know. So time goes by and I'm in my thirties now. And I thought I started to distance myself from church. Yeah. Well, when did the third near death experience happen? Um, the third death happened seven, I mean, November 30th, 2017. Okay. What happened? I was, um, crushed by my work truck. Uh, oh my gosh. I was impaled into, uh, between a, a parked car and the truck. It was 34,000 pound truck. And I was in four inch space. I weighed 235 pounds. I was a fitness freak. Um, uh, protein <laughs> and the wrong protein at that. Yeah, no doubt. So during all of that, this happened. So it's like this all happened so slow. I was able to see everything happen during this time. So I'm sitting here in between the truck. Um, I don't know how he didn't see me. I don't know how he didn't see anybody waving me down. Stop, stop, stop. And it's, it's as if he was looking at me and he was compelled to accelerate the gas every time and as he did this i was drove from the back of the car to the front of the car and the mirror of the car was uh, was gut it was about to gut me out because i couldn't break it i couldn't get out of it mm. so um, in that during that time before he, he I, I got drugged against that mirror i actually had visions and the vision was so clear that it was it was it basically was like my son my kids. So my son, they say when you before you die, you always think about the person that you love the most. That right there, I can say is very true, because I instantly went into thought of my kids, and I accepted my fate right there. I accepted the fact that I was not going to make it out of this, and it was impossible to make it out of this because I was stuck between the truck and the car. Mm. So, um, I sat there. I gave in. Uh, I didn't fully give up yet. But I, I was I was resisting. I really didn't fully give up yet, so I went into thought, and I I watched my kids from uh, birth until the age they were at the time grow up, and I relived all of this that quick in my head, and it felt like five minutes. But this accident, it only it only took at least like a minute to happen. So what woke me out of that was my oldest son saying, "Dad, you're going to make it out of this." The, he's I heard that as if he was right next to me. The second he said that, I broke the mirror on the car. And the second I broke the mirror on the car, he, he accelerated the gas and drug me across the mirror. So if I would have broke that mirror when I broke it, my guts would have been spilled on the ground over in Philadelphia somewhere. So, mm-hmm. and during this whole time, the visions that I had and the thoughts that I had of trying to get out of this, uh, this predicament, um, I, all, I went back to, to my childhood. This one is a little crazy. I went back to my childhood believing that I had these abilities, powers, like Dragon Ball Z to, to push the truck off of me or something. Right. So I tried it. It didn't work. And I said, oh, that's not going to work. So I was thinking of other uh, things to get me out of. So once he, once he crushed the, he, he crushed me like any, and he, it's like I, I, done, I was spent on the side. So it was like hips. It was like my right hips to the truck. My left hip to the uh, car, so it was like compacting me to death, and I, I felt my disc popping, breaking, and it's like a soda can being squeezed. Let me just say, after that incident happened, I realize now what really took place because I now have clarity on these things because I'm conscious now. I always had that power, that hidden power of the Dragon Ball Z characters, sure, be somewhere, and. I didn't realize it until afterwards. I said, okay, so how is this truck 43,000 pounds? And I'm only 235 pounds. What kept this truck from crushing me like a pancake? So after I got out of that, uh, after I got my way out of it, uh, when he finally seen me, he stopped the truck. And I'm sitting here laying, I'm laying like I'm back, flat out on the the bed of the truck. Everyone, all I hear is he's dead, he's dead, he's not moving. During that time, I, I felt myself die it's like i woke up and when i woke up i'm just looking around like what's going on here so now i'm like okay something's not right i'm not me right now because i don't feel anything 
and I actually had all this power to where I was, I started punching the car and I was punching my way out the car and I was wiggling my way out as if I was squeezing through a little crack in a, um, in a hallway or something. Mm. So during that time, I'm sitting there like, well, I, was, I gets out and they say, oh my God, he's not breathing, he failed. So I stands up and that's the only thing I say to everybody when I get out of it, I said, do not get hit by a truck because it ain't no joke. <laughs> and I walked it off as if nothing ever happened. I don't feel no pain, I don't feel nothing. My whole back was just crushed. And once I came to realization that I just got in a crazy accident, then I started to feel all this pain and pressure come down as if I was being crushed from the top to the bottom. And I instantly became paralyzed. I couldn't walk, couldn't do anything. Wow. So I just had to lay down on the ground right there until the ambulance came. After that time, that's when I started having flashes and, and visions of Egypt, ancient Egypt. I don't know why. You know, I don't know why I started having all these thoughts and, and visions of so many, so many things that I never had interest in before. And it kind of scared me. It kind of scared me a little bit because the visions were so clear. Um, I'm going to just say one. It's basically, it's like I, I kept having this vision that I was over in Egypt. And I always ended up at uh, at the, the Giza Pyramid, the Great uh, the Great Pyramid. I always ended up there somehow. And when I ended up there, and this dream took place for at least two weeks. So I kept having a vision of me going there, and I kept I found a, I found a body somewhere in the in the pyramid that nobody discovered yet. And as I keep going, I get closer. Like every day, I get closer to this person and this dream. And every when I when I finally opened the the lid of that um, coffin, it was a guy laying there with a golden staff. He had a red crystal in his forehead. Right at his third eye. Yeah, I'm just like I didn't I didn't know what was going on. So I'm thinking it's like a regular comic dream where you just have a dream that you're flying and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And it started doing once I got closer to see what was going on, that red crystal just like shot out this red energy thing. It was coming like directly to my forehead. Mm -hmm. As if it's a cyclops beam or something. So I don't really know what's going on yet, but all I know is all of this is taking place. So now I'm kind of I'm kind of curious now. So now I'm starting to I'm starting to go and follow what's going on because it's getting interesting. So I started doing some research on Egypt. I looked up all about Egypt. I looked up all the gods and goddesses of Egypt, and I realized okay. So now I see. What's going on here? I understand who God. I understand how we were created. I understand how we got these attributes and these abilities that we have, because we all know before before we had these abilities, attributes, we were we were basically dumbed down. We had no knowledge of anything, right? Until now that the Anunnaki they came about and story of that. Allow me to uh, let the listeners know who the Anunnaki was. They were. Uh, a, supposedly a race of um, alien beings that were here and they enslaved us and they were the basis to the, the gods and the goddesses in ancient Egypt and also Greek mythology, etc. So, you know, there there have been skeletons found and it's a whole ordeal and everyone can research that if they, if they like. But go ahead, Atum. That gave me clarity on a lot of the extra things. So now I'm just like, you know what? I just started to let everything happen. I didn't know how to do anything. I didn't know how to meditate. I didn't know how to let go of anything. I didn't know how to um, to um, un uh, continue grounded and unbound myself. I didn't know anything. So I, I went cold turkey. I went cold turkey and stopped eating meat. Mm -hmm. this, I went, and this happened. Uh, I was this was May 14th, 2019. Uh, I went alkaline, all fresh raw veggies and fruit and water only. So within a 30 day, within 30 days, I lost, I came from 235 pounds and I came down to 195 pounds in under 30 days. Mm -hmm. I started to have all this energy. Uh, I didn't know what was going on. I thought I was going crazy because I, I never went to sleep. I only had like an hour or two hours of sleep a day and I'm walking around here as if I'm fully energized, but I really was, but I had no idea what was going on. So 
after that happened, then I came to, uh, came to realize, okay, the universe. I started getting into the universe and the sky. I started just staring at the sky for some reason. I never did it before. Every time the moon came out, it's like I would just look directly at the moon as if the moon was like trying to say something to me. Mm. Here I am just like, what is going on? I'm going crazy. I don't know. But I do know that I feel great. I feel great of, uh, about this transition. Whatever's happening, it feels great. But it's scary at the same time. So I'm sitting there like, um, what to do? Just give in and don't resist. So here I am. I'm just going with the flow of everyday life. You got to surrender. Yeah. And I, I realize when you don't surrender, you, when you resist these things, when you resist these things, it gets harder. Yep. The, the challenge becomes greater and, and harder for you. And that, that becomes overwhelming for a lot of people. Being though I was a, a fitness freak my entire life. I, I was never satisfied with my body. You know, I, I looked like I was that type of guy, but under that, I didn't like it. So it, I lost all the weight and I became an action figure type guy. And then I came to the conclusion, wow, you know what? All this time me working out, trying to get this body that I wanted to get, it was only preparing me for this moment. So now that I, I had all that, all that weight shed off me, I became who I really wanted to be now. And when I came who I really wanted to be, you know, I started to embrace everything that came that came to me. And this is another reason why I carry this staff around too, because um, like I was saying about the Egypt time, it's like, it's, it's as if that entity took over my avatar for a small time. And it was showing me everything that I had, that I had to see. And it gave me clarity on everything. So now I've, I've learned to bring from my dreams, which is the real world, to the illusion of world, which is the world that we live in when we're awake. We believe it's the real world, but it's only the dream world. Right. You know, everybody wants, they wish they had this, they dream of a dream. So desires, desires. Exactly. And they don't, they find themselves not reaching those goals until they go to sleep somewhere. When they go to sleep, they will, oh man, I wish I had this still. Like, where is it? I know I had it in my pocket in the dream. They don't realize, I didn't at the time either, that we can bring our dreams to reality. It's the reason why they have pen and paper and the reason why people write things down. And this is what they consider, um, this was actually dead to our culture. Um, it was hidden. So we realized that all this witchcraft and alchemy that I was raised up to believe was of the devil and this and that, that's actually our way of living. Yeah. It's the way of living and then as though you can join you can bring your dreams to reality just by writing writing them down. Mm -hmm. Wake up in the morning. If you can actually remember your dream as clear as it was when you were having it, you want to write everything that you can remember down. And when you write these things down, you actually start, you're starting to manifest that into the reality that you're in now because you took action on that dream and not just having that dream just to have a dream. Oh, I mean, I enjoyed that dream. Good dream. But the whole purpose of us having dreams and us remembering these dreams is the fact that this is the we have access to our own Akashic records and we live in it. We have access to it every day, but we fail to realize it. We're supposed to revisit these dreams. We can revisit these dreams at will. And the purpose of revisiting these dreams are to, to find and discover, uh, pay attention to the dream or to what we were unable to see while having that dream, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. Because yeah. when we're having a dream, sometimes we're having a great dream. You know, the dreams, uh, it only we, we thrive off the dream. We only live off the uh, fun part of the dream. You know, we thrive off of the fact that we can fly and we do all this other uh, superior things and we know it's a dream, but we don't pay attention to what we really can't see in the dream, like the small pieces, because there are only puzzle pieces to a part of our existence that we have to go through in the future. I actually um, discovered and realized what the Akashic records were, because actually I, I was watching Gaia for, for a little bit but they start talking about spaces and all this stuff and they didn't understand what the time, what that 
space between time was. They talk. They don't understand what it is. So it's like I have I have vision. I'm like, okay, that's that's to me that was common sense. Um, what the, the the space between space was, and when you go to realize it, and you, I mean, sorry, when you go to look at it, then you come to understand that when you go into inward to yourself, you you come to realize that we are the universe. Yep. And what they consider dark matter, which is that space in between space, that is also us, but that is the higher self of us. Yep. That is the God part of us. This is the part where no other man can understand what this is. So they would look at it as regular, not regular space or black dark matter, anything, because they don't realize in order for you to, to understand the fundamentals of life is to go in and face the darkness. Because in the darkness is where you only find light and the ability to overcome anything. I once heard a guru say that the black holes that they've been studying in space, mm -hmm. that's exactly what happens in us. When we go through our own black hole is when we cross over to the beyond, when we uh, become part of oneness. You know, uh, yeah. black, is, black is a very important color. Mm -hmm. um, I want to go back though. You you said breatharian. That's uh, how long have you been experimenting with that? Yeah, around September, uh, I was with a friend, a newfound colleague of mine that I actually that we're great friends now. She's an herbalist, so she took me to this place up in uh, media. It's called Philly. It's called Vegan uh, Gangster Vegan. So it was oh yeah, Vinny Vegan. I know him. Yeah. So. He, um, it was a guy in there named, uh, his name's Aten Ra. So he was speaking on the fact that lives without food or water. I yeah. said, what are you talking about? He said, yeah, 20, he said about 18, 19 years now. I said, so you're telling me that so you can actually live without drinking or eating food? He said, yeah. I said, okay, so now I got that caught my attention 100%. <laughs> so that same day, I was with my friend that I was with, I said, I'm going to be a breatharian. I said, I'm going to be there. Watch. Because I thought it couldn't get no healthier than alkaline or vegan. I thought that was it. That's like the right stage of everything. Then the breatharian came along. I said, wow, so who is this guy? He told me the guy's name, but I didn't remember his name. So uh, later on that day, I discovered, oh, Elatom. I knew you were Elatom Elamine. So... I'm like, Ella Tom, so I went to go, I checked him up, I looked on YouTube, I watched every single video we had. Now, all these videos, to me, it's as if they were all saying the same thing. It's like they were repeating the same things to me as if this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is who you really are. So I now have to remember how to go forth with this lifestyle full force. You know, without falling back into the uh, into the world. So I instantly, that day, I instantly just went cold turkey and I stopped eating everything just so, just to see how it went, how it was. So then <laughs> I grew up in a, I grew up in a family of, uh, of, you know, in the church and all of that. So they did the 21 day fast and all of that. So yeah. I, I was actually, I have clarity on why I actually had to do that growing up with a child because now that was only preparing me for this lifestyle of a breatharian. I tried it one whole week straight without eating or drinking anything. I kept a gallon of water right on my table in case I had <laughs> doubt that I, I would go through with it. Yeah. So we were there. And in this whole time, I've, I've been watching Ella Tom uh, videos and I said, oh, this is what the qigong is for. This is what the meditations are for. Mm -hmm. I understand the meaning of cultivating energy. Yeah. So during this process, I went a whole week, and what I what did I do for that entire week? It was like I I was working out. I was doing my own weightless workouts. I walked through my entire city, like back and forth for no because I had so much. This was like two, three, four in the morning. I'm up. I walk to the waterfront. I just meditate at the waterfront at the bay. I'm just doing all these things that I've never done before. And I didn't know why, but I know when I did these things, I was never tired. I always had energy. Yeah. So I didn't know what to do with this extra time that I had. I didn't know what to do with all this energy that I had. So 
okay, after this week goes by, I said, man, I could have kept, I really could have kept going uh, with this not eating. So then I, it's like I step into a different chapter now. So now that I'm aware of that lifestyle and how to live that lifestyle, now I have to understand the fundamentals of becoming a breatharian. Yeah. So now I can actually, you know, stop eating like instantly. But I know that in order for me to master the breatharian lifestyle, I have to not resist and I have to go with the flow of everyday life until my goal is accomplished. And during this entire time, I discovered my purpose. And that purpose was to discover who I really am, who I really was. You know, uh, just a few episodes ago, I gave my top five books to my listeners. And one of them is Man's Higher Consciousness by Hilton Hotima. And in that book, he breaks down scientifically how we were originally breatharians. Exactly. And then we became fruitarians. Mm -hmm. And then we became hunter-gatherers. Exactly. So, you know, if we go back into our ancestry and we go back to the stories of the Garden of Eden and that type of stuff, whether you want to believe it's true or whether you want to use it metaphorically, either way, it's still profound. So have you been without food and drink for the last six months or did you just experiment with it on and off? I'm, I'm still experimenting. Okay. I'm, what I'm doing now, I'm, I'm mastering this avatar state of everything. Because there so, usually is a transition. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Baby steps. It's the process. Now, I only speak off my own experience. And during this experience of a breatharian, I know that you have the main energy that you have to learn to cultivate is your sex energy, your sexual energy. Yeah. Because that plays the biggest role in this lifestyle. Yesterday was actually, I reached my two-year mark of celibacy yesterday. When you cultivate your sex, your energy there, that's the energy that all gets shot and reverse backfire right back into you. Yep. This is going to be this abundant flow of, uh, of positive, great energy that you, when you first start, you have no idea what's really going on. But when you realize, okay, I don't cut my hair, I don't cut nails, I don't do anything, just let everything grow and let everything be, the energy from that, the blissful part of it is, man. All this time I was sitting here, I was giving all my energy away to this person, and I was becoming that person while doing, while not realizing that sex is only a mantra. Yeah, it's a mantra of transferring energy. Yeah, we we have that energy in our belly button area, and if it goes down, it's sexual. But if it goes up, exactly. Now yeah. now we're talking Kundalini, and we're talking Kabbalah. Oh yeah. They call it the uh, the Shekhinah, the Shekhinah, which is in India. They call it the Kundalini. To me, Kundalini and all of these uh, names are all the same thing. They you are. Know, all, they're yeah. just different names and vocabularies, you know, of understanding. Mm -hmm. And so you're right. There's different terms for the same thing. Mm -hmm. We're all the same thing. See, exactly. It's just that the Western culture. They create things in their own image. They create programs in their image to where this is where schools and things are created. You know, they want to program us, you know, from kids, you know, yeah. because uh, they are they are aware of the powers that we all uh, consume. Oh yeah. And so what they do is they reprogram us to distance us from that our original nature because they fear our role abilities and what we're capable of. They need to keep us competitive, you know. They need to keep us in our ego. They need to keep us attached to things. They need to keep us prideful and greedy. The ego is up during the daytime, so it's gonna put illusions, it's gonna it's gonna put create perceptions of whatever your subconscious is trying to speak to you to understand or get you to see. So if you're unaware of that, the Ego is going to take what God is trying to show you mm -hmm. and its own perception. It's going to create its own perception of what it wants you to do because it wants to live through you and it doesn't realize what well, it knows that its time is limited. But we don't realize what's going on here. We don't realize that the ego is only the devil that you think exists. 
Yeah. In your subconscious, which is in your lower abdomen where your uh, where your sacral is, that is the God. That is the God in you that's able to speak. The little small voice that you hear in your head all the time, the little feeling that you get in your stomach when you feel as though something is wrong or about to happen. This is what that is, and that's the intuitive part of you. Because you know, this world is only is the only place where this energy field is strong enough for other entities to live and and us to live. So if it was only humans here on this earth, why is it that this is the only living planet with uh, the sources and the resources that we have here now to live? And in that case, why is it that every other entity wants to come here? Why is it that we're always trying to be controlled by something or someone because our energy is all they come to uh, they come to be us they want to be us they want to feel like us they cannot feel certain emotions they can't feel and the main thing that they don't understand is love yeah and love conquers all things period it overpowers to me love overpowers anything this is where the oneness comes in where everyone needs to come to understand that all the animals all nature everything that comes in contact with you all is created through your perception of how you feel about yourself during a certain emotion, mm. then these things begin to manifest in a way, in a form of people, places, or things. It seems like the moral of the story is deep down, we're all really superheroes. <laughs> yeah, we all super saiyans. We got it, so we just don't realize it yet. You know, in ancient times, they, they call them magicians, right? Mm-hmm. Before a magician, a magician became an illusionary show for kids in mm-hmm. modern times, right? But uh, in ancient Egypt and Greece or whatever, there were, there were magicians that had harnessed their power, but we all have that power. This is what Jesus the Christ was really telling us in Gautama the Buddha, isn't it? The biblical characters, they are all right. And I'm saying they're right because... My whole story of this awakening, it actually corresponds with everything that the Bible speaks of. So now I now I know that, okay, every single character in these Bibles, they all had the same experience. They all speak of the same things, but they're, they all have their own ways of explaining how it happened and mm-hmm. the way it happened. Mm-hmm. So when, come, when becoming conscious, you come to realize that, Everybody's only saying the same message. Everybody's saying the same thing. That's right. You, they just went through it their way. But the way that the churches and, and everybody are um, are putting it out here in a fearful way, but they're unaware that they're putting it out in a fearful way. They're putting out, oh, you, the devil is this and the devil is a lie. The devil is going to come and do No. <laughs> there is no heaven or hell you're going to. You're living it in the physical right now. You just don't know it. Mm-hmm. and the kingdom of heaven is right there it's right, it's right there. there it's right there and like like the bible this happens the bible even says when god comes he's going to come not even the son will know when he comes not even no one will know when he comes he's going to come and what that meant was when you have your awakening and when you become a step into higher consciousness that right there will let you know that he has came and entered your throne He's entered the place where you stay, which is you yourself. So therefore, you now have access. You are in heaven. You learn to create heaven on this physical earth. The only way that you can have it, a, an ex, um, a, a physical experience of heaven. What would be the purpose of dying, going to a place in the sky if you can't touch it, if you can't physically experience it and express the emotions towards this heaven that we experience? Right. One is a lot of people aren't aware of this due to frequencies, mm. and that is the that, that right there is uh is the main is the number one problem for all for humanity is the negative frequencies. This is why they have towers, they have all of these satellites and things putting out these rays of negative negative uh, energy. Let me just say, I'm gonna say it this way. You know how how I spoke of dark matter, you know, mm. for our our uh, abilities. It's as if they're creating their own dark matter. They're creating their own dark matter through frequencies. And the way it works is it, how can I say, it screws up your brain neurons, your patterns and everything. So therefore, they use these programs and these um, 
these computer things to manipulate the mind, have you believe that these things exist because they know how the subconscious works. Mm-hmm. They know that the eyes are the soul to, to you. And what you see, what you see and take in, especially before your bedtime, it is downloaded to your subconscious. So if you're watching a scary movie before you go to bed, your subconscious is only going to create a figment of right. the imagination you had of what you seen, what you started, what you took in last. And it's going to create a whole visionary world for, with that. Yeah. And uh, it gets, it gets, the rabbit hole never stops. How are you living your life now? How is it different when you, you're walking down the street or you go to the supermarket? Meditation is always happening. Mm-hmm. Meditation happens. It's every minute of my existence meditation. And that is because every single minute of my life, I am now acting consciously. I am now seeing everything in a conscious state now. So when I go places and when I do things, I'm always aware of the, um, of the possibilities and the repercussions if I make wrong decisions on things. Just like if I see people, you know, I feel sympathy, but you can't as sometimes. It's not always good to do that. Being though I'm an empath, and being an empath, it's overwhelming at times because you actually intake these emotions of other people Right. And you don't realize it. You don't want to. You don't want to have to go through this feeling or if somebody's feeling a certain way. Then though you have a good heart and you know what they're going through because you can just feel it as if it's you going through this. The sacrifices that you put out are helping people, humanitarians. We have we are all of these things. We have to be compassion. Compassion. Yeah. Being that we're all connected. We have to help everyone. If someone comes your way and you know that they're in need of some or or they're coming to you and for instance a lot of people can be going through things and their um their ego is so big to where they don't want to tell you what they're going through their hard time they feel as though they got it they this and that they don't understand things but being an empath you can look right through them and see exactly what's going on and you can tell and know that they want to say something to you. They want to ask for your help so bad, but they fear to be judged. They fear to be judged of other people's perceptions. And these are the personas that they put on and they were all the time because they want to be welcomed. They want to be a part of things. They want to be who they really aren't to be based off of, uh, you know, popularity. People want to be known. They want to be seen. But the purpose of the way of living in life is to move discreetly and not be seen. This is the only freedom we have. Freedom is not being compelled to anything, anybody or any beliefs. I, I know I won't have another relationship. I, I won't because I understand the meanings of that. I understand the consequences. I understand what comes with, with relationships. It's just energy and motion. So therefore, if I know I'm a breatharian, if I know that I can't be around this certain thing, I can't do these certain things, you know, being as I'm living a holistic lifestyle, and I know if I have a significant other, I know that she's not going to fully be on the level that I am or what I'm going to. So therefore, I will have to deal with her eating certain things and eating this or doing that, which is also altering and redoing her energy and her cells. So therefore, if I was to interact with a, a relationship or whatnot, why would I why would I do that and sacrifice my energy by transferring because it's just a mantra, right? Right. So if she's eating, you know, out of the ordinary, you know, meats and all of these things that I don't consume, and then I go to have relations or intercourse with her, all that doing is transferring that energy that she has to myself. So you might well say I'm eating red meat and steak and chicken. Right. Right. So, the, 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 the part of being aware is knowing all these things. This is why I say sometimes it's overwhelming being conscious because everything that comes to you, everything that you hear, you always re-register it consciously. We are all connected to the source. We're all gods and goddesses. But are you going to embrace the god that or goddess that lives in you to the reality that you're living in? And this is what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. See, my god that's in me to this physical reality. So now god in me can fully live and have the full experience that I'm having. So this is the oneness. So therefore, everything that I do, every every uh, breath that I take and every decision that I'm making, 
I'm not just making it myself. You know how you talk to yourself in your head or you look in the mirror and you speak to yourself. We're talking to someone inside of us. We are not just us. And that's a body, this avatar, and we came with our self-conscious, who is God. Right. So now that you've had these changes, I mean, uh, 10 months ago, 11 months, that's not that long ago. No. How, like how has all the people around you, how do they treat you now? Are they looking at you like, 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 oh, he's, he, <laughs> he's, he's crazy. Like what, what, what are the reactions around you from family and friends? I've heard it all. How the hell did you lose weight so quick? You on drugs, you doing this, you doing everything. I have, I've lost every friend, you know, except three. I have three people that stuck with me this entire, you know, uh, term. Now that I've actually, I'm actually living this life, and I'm actually in an area where this is dead to everybody around us. Where I'm in Chester, near Philadelphia. Chester, PA. Yeah, this is a place where no one actually believe or would actually um, embrace the spiritual side of who they are, like like I am around here. So, being as though the background that I have, who I was, and those that know me, they see me living this new life. It becomes curious to them. So, even though I didn't, I didn't dealt with being shunned, I didn't dealt with being judged, and all these things. And this is how it even speaks in the Bible. You will be judged based on who you really are. And being judged means you're going to be judged by all these people that has no control over who you are. All these people that has no say over your life because they can't live your life. But their only true judgment is within your heart of, or, of who you really are. Are you going to embrace who you really are? Or are you going to be who you really are? You will be judged. And the way that you get judged by Mott, of course, is the, is the goddess of you know, divine order and all these things. So she judges the heart. And then she judges the heart with the feather and the heart. It doesn't physically, you know, get judged on, on, a, on a Libra scale, how they say it is, but it's judged internally within yourself. And when you're judged, it's like you, you, you're sitting in a meditative state and you know that you're being judged by the thoughts and everything comes to you vividly as if you're literally being judged to get into heaven or the hell. And this is the decisions that you make in the physical world to make those decisions. People believe in the books are written. The Bible is not complete. The Bible is not, it did not end in the revelations. Oh, it, only, it only ended in revelations because everybody died off. And then the Western culture started to take over and things. And the, uh, the context and things started getting switched around and everything started being created and everyone's own image, you know, and now everyone has belief systems. So now no one is starting, no one is believing in themselves no more. Everyone's depending on and believing on all these other entities and other people that's going to come and save them and not realizing that only you can save yourself. That's right. You, you were in this born here by yourself. You want to go by yourself. We, we have to break the savior syndrome. Exactly. No one's coming out the sky. Nobody ever even left this planet. Nobody left this planet. You know, people say, oh, we're going to go to Mars. They're going to go here. They're going to do there because Mars is a secondary, you know, planet that you have some source of oxygen and water over there. All that is, is subliminally telling you, subliminally telling you that the world is resetting itself. That means humanity is changing itself. They're being reborn. A lot of people are coming into consciousness net right now. I'm actually watching a series called The Magicians. and this show is actually telling you exactly what's happening on this, this earth, in this world, right now. You know, but some, you know, some unconscious won't look at it that way. Being as though I'm conscious how I am, I, I see all of these things. We incarnate in our own natural abilities and we don't realize it. But when you become a consciousness of it, then you start to learn the language. You will start to learn the language of our, all, of, of our ancestors and how things really go. You see, this gets deeper than the rabbit hole gets. And it don't, it, it, I'm only in the beginning stages of it, so I can only imagine. And like you were, like you were asking, uh, my friends, everybody denied me. You know, I'm basically just thrown out. And now that I'm here where I am now, and everybody's actually seeing me act, and they see me in real life, they see me, and they say, oh, well, he's not, he not playing. He's really serious. He really walk around with a stat. Like, <laughs> what's going on? Like, what, who is this? 
So now everyone's becoming curious now. So being though I, I'm now able to move differently, I can uh, do different things that I was never able to do before, and it's catching interest of everybody. So now all those friends that I lost is only tripling now, and I'm actually moving in the divine alignment as if I already have these things, like if I already have my fitness up and going. I have everything that I'm, that I'm going that's already going to take place that I manifested. Um, it's actually happening now. Just like how I had put a post when you had inboxed me, and yeah. I said, it's, it's crazy, the divine, you know, when you move in, in divine alignment of your true self, energy that you seek, it, it seeks you. Because Syn Synchronicity, it just happens. It just Synchronicity. Everything happens for a reason. And being as though what, who I am now and, and the lifestyle that I live, and I only seek knowledge and to help people, and the only way right. I can anybody is to come into more knowledge so basically i'm going to help change this world and we all have to do that you have to have balance with the masculine and the feminine the the negative and the positive mm -hmm. the and the good god and the devil this is why i say everyone i say the devil has to meet god sooner or later and yep. it's inevitable it's inevitable because they both live inside of us. Mm -hmm. The devil is the ego, God is the subconscious. When you find balance in yourself, then the ego will come to realization that, damn, I need you to live in order for me to live. Mm. You know, you take good care of your body and all these things, which is giving me more energy and all this stuff. So, and better clar clarity on thoughts and things. So being as though I control my own ego. You see, I control my own intellect. That's what the ego does. The ego it gain it governs people's intellect, and a lot of people don't. They don't have control of that, which is now the machine, like the Matrix. Right. The machines are actually winning right now. They're winning. Everybody's in into yep. games and phones and all these electronic things. Yeah. And it's bringing them out of the consciousness of who they really are. They start yep. to call these different things, flying this and that. So ain't nobody going to take interest in. And learn knowing if they're able to fly themselves, which I know it's possible that all humans, when you come into a higher consciousness and you learn to at the, and master the avatar state and master everything knowing that exists, it's possible that you can defy gravity. Yeah. And if you can't defy gravity, I mean, I'm 118 pounds now. I was 235 wow. pounds. Mm. So light. It's like I can't even feel myself. Right, you're floating. <laughs> this is possible. You know, if it wasn't possible, it wouldn't have came to thought. So I know that there's a way that you can fly. There is a way that you can levitate or whatnot. Of course. And coming to your energy, man, when I say it's, it's, it's great, and I know that within the next year or two, I'm going to be levitating. And I'm saying this because I know that this well, is I believe it because we live, this state is based in duality and the opposite of gravitation is levitation. So Exactly. And, <laughs> and that's all the balance. It's all going to balance. Yeah. Everything goes back to balance. And when you find balance in all things that exist within yourself, only then will you find peace, harmony, um, love, uh, everything. Blissful, a blissful lifestyle is all you want to find. That's an inner peace, man. Contentment. Peace, whatever. The sun only shines and it only it only shows you what reflects off of it, right. if I, that makes sense. Whatever yeah. reflects off of it. So therefore, this is an illusion. You want this, you wish you had this, but you don't have it. In the nighttime, it's so quiet. You hear everything. Little, yeah. The stars, you see all of this. Mm -hmm. Now, what people realize is that the, the world of darkness outside at nighttime is only us inside in reverse. Now, nobody can see exactly what you see the same way you see it. So they're only looking at it through their perception, which means the way they see it is only how it is and how it lives internally in themselves. Now, I embrace everything. Like that, oh, everything that I'm experiencing, I'm going through right now, I don't, I'm, I study these things, but the way that I study things 
is with radical action. I have clarity on what they really mean. It's like, oh man, I didn't see that before. I didn't pay attention to that before. Why am I now seeing this this time and I watch this movie a thousand times? That's because now you're aware. You're consciously, you know, acting and seeing things now. What you desire to manifest is really like right there. It's around the corner. Mm-hmm. But people don't, people don't look that far. People don't look that far. They think. And you're not supposed to think. Because when you think, it can take you to thinking about something in the past or how you could change it or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Or to take you to the future. And that's going to cause a problem. And it's going to cause anxiety and depression because you can't live in either state. Right. When we're in the present moment, it's just intuition and feeling and experience. And knowing, exactly. It's knowing. And that has to do with the, uh, what is it? It's the Krishna chakra, right? Yeah. That's the, um, that's the crown chakra, I believe. Krishna. The crown, yeah. Yeah. The so, purple. yeah. And, on, and now that I just brought that up, let me say something on that. How you can tell when your third eye and your crown is like blooming, when that, the, the thousand petals of the, um, the lotus. Yeah. When this flower opens, yeah. you can actually feel it and you'll know that it's happening. Like the past three days, the past three days, I've been having this tremendous, it's, I'm not going to call it pain, but you know the pain of a headache that you get where you know you if you take a Tylenol, it's going to go away or something? Yeah, yeah. So, but this pain was like, it was dead center and it was just throbbing and it, it felt as if like my eyes were opening, like the light was so bright where I can't keep my eyes open. Yeah. So it forced me into a meditative state where I would lay down. So I, I, I get that too. I get vibrations uh Mm -hmm. in in the forehead the bridge of the nose yeah sometimes the entire face you know and you know you become or i become aware of you know when it happens and then when it doesn't happen it's like if it goes away for two weeks it's like i'm not doing what i'm supposed to be doing you know Mm -hmm. sort of like a a check on discipline see this is where we we have we have superpowers. I, this is you know Atum. This might be the name of this episode. Is, <laughs> is we all have superpowers within, or you know we're all superheroes, or something along those lines. Because I can tell that you're uh, you're determined to follow this path all the way. You're willing to go all the way. Oh yeah, I'm, I, it's no stopping me. And how 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 old are you physically? I'm thirty five. Yeah, so you, you still have time to spiritually mature. And, you know, I've had guests on this show, you know, very enlightened beings who are, you know, they're they're in their 60s, they're 65. So you being 35 and following this path, psh, well, you know, I could just imagine where you're going to be in 30 years. Yeah, that's amazing stuff. So can you, before we wrap this up, can you shed some more light on the Akashic Records? That's something... I did on this podcast with a guest named Ken Fresky um, a few months ago. But can can you give me your experience on that? So the knowledge that comes from Earth that you're eating, it is now being downloaded into you. So now this is Akashic access to the Akashic records you have. The second one, the third Akashic records is the universe itself. Now when you come to realize that the universe itself is only you in reverse, and you have access to these Akashic records. And the Akashic access to these Akashic records are your blood cells themselves. It might sound a little far-fetched, but look at this way. When you sit there and you think about something in your past, let's say childhood or whatnot, right? Let's say you have so much clarity on something that you can remember as a child. All you're doing is accessing the certain blood cell that actually lived in this time when you were this child. So these blood cells still exist. So when you think on this, you're going there. And once you get to this, uh, once you actually can, you have clarity on this, uh, on this memory, you can either write it down or you can revisit it and see where you messed up at. You can see what you didn't uh, pay attention to when you experienced that time before. You see, the blood cells are only um, dimensions to other realities. Mm. And to step into the higher dimensions, in these higher realms of consciousness, you're accessing your white blood cells. And your white blood cells are only located in your subconscious area, in your gut stomach area. And they fight off 
you know, diseases and strong uh, thing entities that try to overpower it. That's what the white blood cells are for. They fight those things off, and you can only find those in your, in your uh, abdomen, abdominal area. So your blood cells, we have all it is, our blood cells are, is our story. And the third Akashic record is, is you, our, is us, ourself. Ourself. We, everything that we think that we experienced that we had, this is all memory. Memory is our whole purpose of being here, existing. Our purpose of existing is to not only find out who you are, but remember who you are. Mm. We're playing a game. And this game, now to me, is fun as hell because I'm aware of what's going on. So now, every decision I make, if I go outside, oh man, we're going to take this route with somebody. Then you'll hit the other voice. No, you don't want to take that ride. Something's not going to go right on that ride. Then you get the feeling. You get the gut feeling as if, oh, I got to go to the bathroom. But you ain't got to go to the bathroom. That's just God telling you, don't go there because it's taking you off of your path. Then you realize, oh, man, this is crazy. This is actually fun. Knowing that whatever you choose to do, something bad is going to happen. Or when you deny that, you know that something good is going to happen. You're able to choose. No one can choose anything in your life for you, but yourself. That's right. When you are aware of everything, and when you realize that time is only an illusion mm-hmm. of programs, and only when, and this is how, this, this is what being a breatharian consists of too. In order for you to not have thoughts of food, in order for you to continue to live without urges, when you're doing something that you love to do, It'll take your thoughts and your mind off of hunger, off of everything. <laughs> I feel like we could talk for three hours, man. I mean, uh, we have a lot in common, and this is all very interesting, beautiful, um, realization-type talk. But I got to wrap this up. So where can somebody come say hello to you, Atum? Um, my Facebook is Atum, capital A-T-U-M, Atum Rock. Uh, Instagram is Atum. Well, the same thing. It's the same name. Atum underscore underscore rot on Instagram. Cool. All right. Excellent, man. Well, I look forward to talking with you more and seeing your journey unfold, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. No problem. Thank you for this opportunity. What a talk, huh? One of the things that Atum brought up was the sexuality and how the sexual energy is is down below uh, a little bit underneath the belly button this is a topic that i'm going to talk about on the next episode on 45 we're going to talk about lust what is lust atum mentioned it how he was celibate for two years how can we break this possession of lust Because it really is like a prison once it takes over. We have to touch on this subject, and I will do that on the next episode. If you're looking for more work from me, my webinars, my seminars, my podcasts, my books, go to drreese.com. That's doctor spelled out, and I'll talk to you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to Inner Peace with Dr. Reese. If this episode opened your heart, feel free to share on social media and tell your loved ones. Also, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, may peace be with you.